Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Oh, I can hear it coming our way. It's them boys, and they're back for Let's Hear It For The Boys. I'm Alex. Is that a song? I don't know, and maybe you don't either. I'm Justin. (laughs) I'm Pete. Very close to lyrics. We're going to be talking about Gen V, Season 1, Episode 6, Jumanji. Look, full disclosure here. Jumanji! I feel it coming, and I was going to do I Hear It Coming, but then I couldn't remember what the actual lyrics were, and I panicked the last yeah. second so thanks for calling me out on that oh i i truly i wasn't even calling you out i just had i assumed you were doing some esoteric song i never heard of but i, I feel uh, like i've been hit in the nuts with a bat every hour on the hour by what you just did to me justin but if you haven't checked cool out shirt. jumanji the latest episode of gen v on prime video please do we're going to spoil it but the broad overview here is after the revelation that kate is the one who's been mind-wiping everybody. We get a ton of her backstory when pretty much the rest of the cast, including Dusty, gets trapped inside of Kate's mind. They go through her mindscape. We get a big, big cameo here by Jensen Ackles as Soldier Boy. And at the end of the episode, our Guardians of Cadalcat are all together and ready to take the fight to the woods. Unfortunately, we kind of finally find out what Dean Shetty is up to, which is creating a virus to destroy all soups. So yeah, spoilers big stuff going down in this episode. Spo- oh, I'm sorry. I did say spoilers. He said spoilers. I don't remember oh, that part. Man. It was part of his song. I think I feel <laughs> spoilers. I feel. I <laughs> anyway. Uh, and yes, so that's where the episode ends. A big thing there. They I'll say this up front for the shortest episode of the show so far. 37 minutes, I think, including credits. They packed a ton in there. Oh, man, did they? Yeah. Truly. And a lot of huge emotional moments. A lot of good stuff in here. Yeah. Well, how how should we do this? Because there's – it is like very – I think we could probably like walk through the episode bit by bit because we start off with this great shot of Kate giving Emma her memories back. uh, Yeah, unwiping. I loved Emma's reaction here. I know, Pete, you said this before, but I love Emma more every episode. How are you feeling on the Emma love, Pete? Yeah, this is great. Also, it's nice to see her kind of uh, uh, helping out with Muppet Guy a lot. So that's Mm -hmm. been huge. But yeah, uh, her reaction. Do you mean Jim Henson? Do you mean Jim (laughs) Henson or Sam? Sam. Sam. So, yeah, I just think that like her reaction when she kind of gets her memories back was was fantastic. I mean, when she's dropping the C word here. Uh, But I also just think that like, yeah, I you know, you can't even imagine to find out that your friend's been kind of like uh, doing this to you the whole time. You know, Well, let's actually jump into that, because that's the big theme and idea of the episode, particularly when it comes to Andre. And I'm curious to get your guys take on it. Obviously, Andre's like, nope, not going to talk to Kate. I hate her. This is what she always does. We get a lot of revelations about what's been going on with them in the background and even before he met them on this series over the course of the episode, ultimately leading to Andre 
basically being like, wake up, wake up and talking to her and giving her the smack in the face that she needs to get out of this. Is Kate the villain here? Is she irredeemable? Do you think there's hope for her? What's your big takeaway on Kate from this episode? Well, I think Marie actually proves her uh, hero bona fides at the end of the episode when she's at her truly most horrifying moment of her life. And she can get herself, she gets out of her own way in that moment to say, to turn the, the camera on Kate and say, like, Kate, they did this to us. You're not a, to blame for it. Let's all work together, come out of this, and let's let's make it happen. So, Which is huge. I mean, the yeah. fact that you have that all kind of go down in this episode is huge. I mean, I think in the real kind of – I would be like Andre, you know, initially being like, fuck this. This is awful. You don't get away from me. But, yeah, it, it does say a lot to kind of like, no, you know, she was being controlled. And then you got to go back in the memory and see that the evil Dean has been feeding her pills and kind of like evil puppet mastering her the whole time. Yeah. I mean, I feel watching this episode just made me really regret wiping your memory, Pete, from that <laughs> The incident and like that made me worry for the time. When I woke up how, many times, how many times did you do that? Because that might explain a lot. <laughs> Too many. Too well, because we were like, let's wipe this part. Then we were like, we should wipe a little bit more. And then we were like, oh, let's wipe all of it. And then we were like, no, let's unwipe some of it. It just got complicated. And all because Pete wasn't there to meet Thomas Jane. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I do think it's uh, all you know, dirty laundry is coming out now. Mind wiping people is not cool. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that people do to each other and that's up there on the list. But I, I do think that like it really was. Because you you see characters go through stuff on a TV show and you want them to kind of make the evolved better decision. And uh, it happens here, which is great. And uh, there's a ton of crazy things that kind of happen. Uh, I'm a little worried about Sam, where Emma kind of turns into a puppet in the middle of things. But, man, um, that doesn't happen to you when you're doing the deed. You know what I mean? No, no. That happens to you? Uh, Yeah. Wow. On See, a regular basis? I, That's how I get the puppets reverse, work, right? I, they got that uh they got that hole in the bottom. What else is it for? What what, what a, else are you gonna put point. in there, you know? <laughs> uh, Alex, I don't think I think you've just been having sex with puppets. Just to be clear. <laughs> I don't think uh, okay. I don't think there's any psychological okay. thing. Right. See, I get the reverse when I'm in the middle of having sex, I turn into a puppet. Oh, <laughs> classic. Wow. Oh wow. <laughs> um I just turned into Owen Kate. Wilson I mean, for a second. I don't know what's going on. Because he's having sex right now. So he's turning into Wilson. Do you think he says, do you think Old Wilson says that during sex? Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow, I bet he doesn't say that ever. I bet he's done saying that, as a matter of fact. (laughs) We're getting too far afield, and I said we were going to walk through this bit by bit, but I do want to talk about the Kate of it all as well, because I was struck by two things here. Let's tie into discussions we've been having on the podcast. One is that Kate's story continues to drive home how this is essentially the boys' version of the X-Men, same as Marie. She has this tragedy back in the day where she gets her powers. She's trying to grapple with that and explore it. Kate is the same way. You know, we knew that she sent her brother away, but really seeing the arc of that, seeing her mom locked her in her room with a metal door, with a, you know, steel bolted down door. She's taking these pills. She has to wear these gloves. I think we mentioned it before, but it's very Rogue-coded in the way that she's treated in this episode. And Rogue from the X-Men started 
as a villain before she became one of the greatest X-Men. She became an Avenger, and that is still a past that she always grapples with or often grapples with the comics whenever they want to return to it. And I think we got the same thing here, which ties into the second point we've been talking about, that Pete always gets angry at me whenever I say this, but there are pretty much no villains in the boys' universe. There's always... There are some abjectly evil people like Stormfront evil. She's a Nazi. But there's even points when you get to understand where Stormfront is coming from, even if you Homelander also evil. Yes, Homelander also evil, but also broken by circumstances that have happened to him. But there is something like intrinsically wrong about Homelander. But across the board, all of these characters, we find nuance, we find flavors, we find difference. And I think that's what we're getting. Except for what? The Dean. No, She's clearly uh, evil. No, no, no. This gets into pure speculation. What were you going to say, Justin? I, I was going to say uh, two say things. That. I think the, the the villain of the boys is always, and Gen V, is always society or culture or the things that we as a, as a species Or the do people who other. abuse power and then make horrible decisions with it. Yes, but even like to Alex's point, at a home, uh, home front or Stormfront is like the worst maybe villain and even after she is uh, beaten, she like you. St- we see her. We like the camera lands on her a lot, and you're meant to feel sad for where she is, even though she is like this great villain. So, like, I agree. Like, it is even the worst. We get to feel sympathy for at points, or the show wants us to, whether we do or not, is I guess up to us. But I do agree with Pete. So far in the show, the dean is escalating to pure mm. villainy. I. Yes. And that this episode clears all that up. Like she kills that lady. She's like, oh, my God. You see this poor woman on the floor going. Yeah, Betsy. And then she's like, can you turn it up to 11? And then after she dies, she's like, great. Now we're finally getting close to uh, getting this thing to wipe them all out. And it's like, oh, okay, she's been the worst the whole time. This gets into pure 100% speculation here for the last couple of episodes, but I feel pretty confident we're going to get a very similar thing with Dean Shetty, where there is a reason Mm. she wants to kill all soups, and it's not that she's just an unrepented asshole. Something happened with her. Something happened in her past. I think that's Something that has led her to this point of power. She's clearly not working directly for Vought. There's something else going on, and I think it... Ties in a little bit. There was that moment when Tech Knight looks at her. He's like, well, you're human. And she gives like a little look. I don't think that means she has superpowers, but I do think it means she hates all superheroes and everybody with Compound V for a reason that we don't understand. Maybe somebody in her family died. Maybe she had a kid who she gave Compound V and that kid died or left. Before we just spin Mm -hmm. out into speculation here, let's just deal with the stuff that we know. Too late. So the, the... they're in the room and they're like anybody who is a soup who gets near this. So she can't have superpowers because she was in that room, with the doctor breathing it all in. So, and by the way, uh, that's the same thing when you go to like Hale and Hardy, if there's somebody really sick near a soup, you do not want to get near any of that soup. Yeah. Soup's a known carrier to a lot of viruses. I don't, Especially uh, your more fragrant soups, your minestrones. Why are you hating on soup what right I, now, dude? Soup has done bisques. nothing but love hey, and try to support I you. love soups. I've always loved soups. I would yeah. never say fuck soups. Thank you. I agree. Other people are out there saying it. Yeah, uh, But let me also say, that though, 
Yes, I do think that uh, Dean not super powered, but will be revealed to have a reason. And honestly, I think she's going to end up being a lot like a character we perhaps know and love named Butcher. Exactly. What? No, I, I think that's no. 100% a good theory is that Butcher is, all, Butcher is always the on the edge of going too far. And he's like, we got to kill all soups. Huey is the person who draws him back. The rest of the boys are the ones who draw him back and pull him back from the edge. And every season he just goes farther and farther and farther in his war with Homelander and his war with the soups. At, mm. and, and yeah, I think that's actually a really good comparison. I don't think they'll underline it because I don't think we're going to have Carl Urban show up in the finale or potentially or anything like maybe. that. I mean, maybe, but I think him being like, Crikey, wow, this lady was similar to me methods, but I learned to let it. Like, that's not going to happen. Instead, I uh, do well, think. But maybe. Yeah. No, she, maybe she is. She could be working for Butcher and mm-hmm. maybe she's just going rogue now because you see Dr. Cordoza at the top of the episode. He's like so cocky. So like I'm crushing it. Uh, let's get. He wants like a, a Pulitzer or something. Nobel Prize for soups. And then at the end, he's like, I fucked up. Normally, this is a journalism award, but uh, we're yeah. going to give it to your infectious disease. Well, he writes a great article about it, maybe, for the <laughs> um, New York magazine. And then at the end, he's like, I fucked up. I don't know. Oh, God, what do we do here? Like, great turnabout for Cordoza. So let's uh, kind of reel this in a little bit, go back to the episode. I feel like... I was dreading going through the Marie door because I was like, oh, God, I don't want to go back to that bathroom again. Like, I was like, okay, we're going to do the old we spend time in your mind and see your dark secrets. Then we'll go over here and see your dark secrets, which I think was a really cool way to kind of get backstory in a unique kind of way for the show. So I was like, oh, this is a fun uh, idea. I'm excited to see this explore. But then she was like, I know that door. And I was like, oh, I know that door, too. I don't want to go back in there. Well, can I ask you a question about this just in terms of the logic of the episode? So over the course of it, they're in uh, not Marie's head. They're in Kate's head. And right. we find that uh, we find out about Kate's backstory, like we've been talking about. We walk through it sort of in a very logical progression until we get to the classroom at Godalkin University where Kate first meets Luke, at which point this dream Luke, this memory Luke, turns to Andre and starts talking uh, to Andre, which is when we get freaky. It, very freaky. We get this, this these shots of over time Andre and Kate hooking up behind Luke's back. They've been doing it for Years at this point, probably, uh, you know, very different than what we thought was happening a couple of episodes back, which seemed to be them bonding over their lost friend slash boyfriend. Instead, it's just part of a pattern of what's been happening. Yeah. This part seems to be in Andre's head. The next part seems to be in Jordan's head. And we get the two Jordans talking to each other for the first time as it's revealed. That's how Jordan secured the TA is by selling out Luke. And then the last part, like Pete is talking about, is we get to see inside Marie's head. I have a theory, but what do you guys think is going on here? How is this happening inside Cake's head? We're going into the other characters' heads. Because they were like passed out on the floor and they were all kind of like holding hands, jumping minds, it seemed like. Mm. What? Oh, jumping minds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Kate's powers, I mean, we're getting expansion of Marie's powers every episode. We get even a little bit more here when yeah, before yeah. they go into Kate's head, she sort of stops her from having a seizure. And then I think this is an expansion of Kate's powers to me. Like mm-hmm. they're in her head. So she's using her powers internally 
uh, sort of touching them uh, mentally, I guess you could say, so that she can get into their memories and we're seeing that and they're telling the story. Their deep, dark secrets are combining with her deep, dark secrets to show they all have deep, dark secrets so that maybe as a defense mechanism, Kate's not so bad. Yeah, I think. But yes, go ahead, Pete. It really, I'm also worried about the more we're learning about Andre, the more he's also becoming a real piece of shit. <laughs> you do not like Andre. You don't like Andre. I don't, I, I don't trust him. There's something going fine. on where I feel like, uh, what's the other shoe going to drop, man? It's because you really- know him from a different show, the actor, and you're like, I don't trust him. He should be on uh, <laughs> another show. Yeah, he yeah, should be on yeah, so better. This is a different guy. And yeah. it doesn't matter that Jazz St. Clair was also on that show. You just don't identify her enough with her role on Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. She's Marie front to back for you now. But you you loved, oh, my God, what was his, What was the name of his character on Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? I know. I was totally blanking. It's I was like, cousin. it's not Constantine. It's like a funky, cool name. It was really great. Yeah. Anyway, Justin's going to look it up while I talk about the thing with Kate. Here's what I think is going on. They're not explicit about it, but they do lay the breadcrumbs there. When Dean Shetty comes to visit Kate, she says that she can hear all these voices all the time. It's terrible. It's punishing. She has headaches all the time. And Dean Shetty gives her these blue pills to suppress it. And she says, thank you. That's how she's in debt to Dean Shetty. I think like you're saying, Justin, she does actually have – psychic powers or however you want to explain it, like very Professor Xavier sensing everybody's minds, it's too much for her thing. And the blue pills suppress that thing so that she only has her push ability, and that's pretty much it. But clearly she hasn't been taking the pills or that has relaxed during her seizure when she's convulsing. Maybe something happens when Marie, not thins her blood, but slows her pulse uh, when she is convulsing on the floor, maybe Marie's like human that. aspirin. She yes. Marie's like human aspirin. <laughs> yeah, so she gets the other pills out Did of you her. Look up the name? But whatever it is, I think that's what it is. Like, <laughs> Kate's powers aren't just pushing people. They're also these psychic abilities that do create the circuits, so we are going inside other people's heads. Do you think she's going to become the phoenix? Uh, 100%. No doubt in my mind, Dark Phoenix is coming. No, I don't. Um, Ambrose is his name. Ambrose. Oh my gosh. Wow. Uh, got it. Oh, uh, but I do like the, yeah, the reveal of Kate having larger powers and the, you know, little expansion we get here uh, within the episode makes for this team getting more and more powerful in each new episode. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Zelbatron, you hinted that you thought something else was going on. Do you think there's a bigger kind of like a puppet master who's doing the brain jumping with them? Do you think there oh, was some kind of... you flipped out for a second when I explained this. I it, It's Kate's powers are expanding. She's always had these psychic powers that she okay. can use. But yeah, you, okay. you disappeared from the stream for a second when I said that. Um, I do want yeah. to throw something else out. We haven't really talked about Soldier Boy's appearance. So Soldier Boy... Shows up in Kate's brain. He explains that she, he was her fantasy when she was growing up. Um, she had a friend poster of him, I believe. Uh, and she was super hot for him. He had a pillow, had a pillow. Uh, and she uh flicked the bean, is I believe the (laughs) phrase he uses. He uses uses a lot of ideas. Um, I just got to say, crank up the Jonas Brothers. Uh, the raw dogging her pillow till she sees God was, uh, I mean, the right end of the show is impressive. I mean, yeah. what did you know. think about this? What did you think about this as a return for Jensen Ackles, Soldier Boy? It's hilarious. 
I thought it was funny, good use of, of him, and it felt like, who do we want to give another day of work? And mm-hmm. it was like, let's have, give it to him. So that's great. Uh, uh, particularly the shot of him just saying the lines, that felt like, yeah, just get him with a couple of different cameras and just let him riff lines. We'll throw some lines at him. Like, the way they cut that up, that clearly was not something they wrote in advance as the yeah, script. Boom. They were just like, on the day, like, do a hundred of these. Yeah, who's got one? Yeah. And you know, like, some PA in the background just kept going, and they were like, hey, man, that's enough. <laughs> enough masturbation euphemisms, my man. I, I do want to throw something else out about this episode, and I don't know the answer to this, but I believe the original plan was not Soldier Boy, but they wanted to get one of the stars of Twilight to be in that scene, which to me, logically, probably not Edward Pattinson, but probably Taylor Lautner makes a lot more sense for that. Like, you think it's easier to get Taylor than uh, Pattinson? Maybe like a scourge. (laughs) Maybe a scourge. But think about it. Like they're in the woods. Twilight. No, no, no. Twilight makes a lot more sense time-wise for Kate to be like, I'm hot for this dude, and I have his poster on my wall, then she's like, oh man, that superhero from the 1940s. Ooh-wee! Ooh, I loved him. That racist guy was yeah, really that racist superhero from the 1940s. It's fine. I was happy to see Jensen Ackles again, but when I heard the Twilight thing, I was like, oh, okay. Logically, that makes a lot more sense for that scene than what they did there. But it was still it was fun. fun. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. I had a good time. Well, and I love that even it, that idea is such a long shot, big swing. Like, how are they going to work that out? And the fact that it got even close enough to be in the press is very funny. Yeah. The uh, I love the effect of the burst blood vessels being the lightning that we're seeing in the woods. And I thought across the board, the effects here from the bricks coming out of the door oh, yeah, and floating out of there yeah. to the house falling apart. Really, really well done. And whoever the uh, puppeteers are, are just killing it. The puppeteers? Well, let's oh, talk oh, the puppeteers yeah, the, from the, the actual puppets, yes. Let's yeah. talk about that for a second because now we, we speculated that some of Sam's issues are were maybe put in by – they were like beta testing how they were going to control soups. And this seems to be a maybe part of it. My speculation is that it's a way in extreme emotional situations, either killing, being attacked, or in this case sex – he de- dehumanizes the people he's with and they become puppets in his brain um, was my read on that. It seems like it's just if he gets stressed out, he goes to his happy place, which was like a Sesame Street type show. And it's like, yeah, that's how he deals. He, he just when he's kind of stressed out or in a new situation. I, I still want more him. of it. Like it's fun. And the the sex scene with the puppet is very funny. I loved having the puppet's head just do the Titanic on the glass yeah. thing. Very hilarious. But I, I still need more of an explanation there. Like, why puppets? Why? We'll get was, there. We'll get there. I, I think we will. I think we will. But I don't know. Especially, like, at the end of the episode, we get the Sam-Kate confrontation. And it's Emma yeah. stops it. But that's a very tricky situation that I think is going to play a big factor in some sort of resolution uh, to this first season. And I feel like it's not going to be great for one or more of the characters. Yeah. I'm worried about Emma and Sam because she's going to find out her boyfriend murders people pretty easily at the drop of a hat. She knows it. She also, I bet she knows that ear and killed him. So yeah, they're they're kosher. That's, it's part of their meat cube. M E A T. (laughs) 
Well, how are you talking about romance? How are you feeling about Jordan and Marie after the revelation that the way that Jordan became T.A. is by selling out Luke? It feels like there's a little bit of friction there now. Peter. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a, a talk. They're going to have to talk it out. But what's great is we've already had them kind of have issues with communicating. So hopefully they can still, uh, you know, uh, have a little bit of a chat to kind of like, you know, hey, we got some new information. How are you feeling? Yeah, you got to be in the bathroom where I killed my parents. Like, how are you doing? Hey, and real quick, when we were back in that nightmare room, was she talking to younger her or was that her sister? That was her sister. And I don't know oh, why okay. you keep referring to it as a nightmare room. My bathroom looks like that all the time. Wow. Yeah. That, I'm very scared for your children. Is that just around uh, Halloween children? that you do that? <laughs> Wow. Um, I I actually think the the Marie revelation and then the Jordan revelation probably brings them closer together. Mm-hmm. It puts them like Marie's philosophy of like, hey, this is done to us. We don't need to face the blame for it, even though Jordan's is much more uh, in the recent past and directly affects them, including especially Luke. I think it still is like, look, we're knowing we know more about each other. We know each other's weaknesses and flaws. That puts us uh, more close. And just to round up our relationships here, Kate and Andre, do you think they're going to get back together at this point or are they done? No, I I still got hope for them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Andre was the one that was able to get through to her, uh, even though it was kind of he was selfishly being like, fuck you, wake the fuck up. Um, It still was the thing that kind of mattered. Well, he was angry at. Well, he was angry at her for what she. Yeah, yeah. Selfishly, well, didn't want to die in her head. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever. I just think that... The most selfish. Uh, I do think that they are both fucked up, so maybe they can have some common ground and kind of figure some stuff out. You know what I mean? Uh, let's talk about two tied together big revelations that happened in this episode that we haven't really touched on yet. One of them is we pretty much find out why Luke did what he did in the first episode, he keeps finding out that they're experimenting on Sam in the woods. And every time Kate wipes his brain and Kate explains that it's breaking him. So I think, I think that's our explanation, right? Like there's no more to it. The reason that he went on a rampage in the first episode, the reason he blew himself up is because Kate repeatedly broke his brain at the behest of Brink and Shetty and he couldn't do it anymore. Is that yeah, relationships right are hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. We all agree. Uh, and then the other one, what was going on with the blood? They were either taking blood from Sam and Luke or exchanging blood. I wasn't 100% clear on that, and maybe there's something I missed. I don't know either. And, like, we even get – I think Kate says they were doing something to the two of you, the two of them. So, like, there's there's another – twist to to come here and i think we're going to get more of an explanation of what is happening with sam and how his powers actually work that i think will um help explain what they were because i feel like they were trying to do something to either juice up sam with luke's powers or control luke with some of sam's issues or, or something like that or do some kind of like blood test on like if their virus is working on them or anything like that yeah i mean yeah, maybe he's a blood be- boy uh, because they seem to be super <laughs> blood boy, uh, because he does see both of them seem to be super strong. It could be 
testing the virus or maybe inoculating that's the wrong word but uh incubating the virus Im- inside of them yeah. something like that yeah I don't know. or maybe they were just getting some blood work done and checking their vitamin c levels uh, stuff like that yearly, it was the yearly yeah. checkup yeah. vitamin c any other notes for the episode any other things you guys want to call out uh, a couple things yeah i feel like uh first up dusty he's dust rip dusty Later. so sad peace he Thanks lived, for showing up. Died died how he lived. That was the Party red shirt group. guy for sure. He yeah. he showed up and you were like, oh, he's not supposed to be here. This isn't going to go well for him. Yeah. He even said a couple of times, like, why am I even here, guys? I don't even know you guys. So, yeah, you knew. Unceremoniously he was wiped out. Almost unreferenced after the fact. That yeah, also, they all stepped up. They're like, we're fine. Hooray, we got our powers back. <laughs> <laughs> Dusty, meanwhile, is hemorrhaged out i guess still dead yeah yeah i guess but i did like his line i haven't been to class in years and it's them in class in the past Mm. was funny um i just want to shout out i loved the the scene in jordan's memory when you see the way they put both actors that play jordan and they're both reacting at the same time just really well directed i love that i felt like as a choice and tell me if you felt the same way i felt like they almost directed it in the way you would with a singular actor, you know, yeah. that it wasn't like they were very purposeful and not eventually building up to them talking and looking at each other and being in the same frame. But it was mostly, you know, one with the back turned and the other one forward, exactly what you do with a body double, which I thought was a really interesting choice. It was cool. I thought that was just really well done. And and to, like you said, to let both actors playing Jordan be in each other's faces, I thought was really cool. And then the only other thing I want to say is the way that they just talk about uh, Compound V in this show versus the boys. In the past, it was like these parents wanted to just supercharge their kids and like they tried it out. And in this, the language is a little different. They In this episode, they say that uh, the parents were doing this to make money. And so I think that really puts it just satirically in a different place. In, in Gen V, it's really about showbiz or like social media or parents parents who are just trying to do something to take advantage of their kids in whatever way like pushing them into business maybe before they're ready i thought was it's just it's a small tweak but i really like it and it really plays into the larger theme of this show and i wonder if that's the way it's going to be going forward in the boys universe pete what about you anything you wanted to shout out yeah, a couple things. First, I really love this bit of like when the the episode ends and they play like this perfect kind of like kick ass song to kind of amp up the mood. They've been really killing it, and I just think it's a fun uh, thing that they do every episode that I'm enjoying. Also, you know, I'm just worried about uh, you know somebody who has a kid and uh, they send them off to college for the first time, and now they got to worry about evil deans just doing horrible things to them. You know what I mean? Uh, sure. I mean, I do know what you mean. <laughs> That's what the show's saying. Yeah, there you I go. Think. Well, why don't we wrap up here and talk about who was best boy in the episode? Pete, you got a pick for best boy? Yeah, I mean, I'm surprisingly, I'm going to go with Emma. I think she's holding everything together, and uh, it's, uh, it's you know, I'm pulling for her and Sam. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I loved her reaction right at the top of the show. Cool. Justin, what about you? You got a best boy for this episode? 
I'm going to go with Marie. I feel like she continues to become the hero that the show, uh, the unlikely hero at the beginning of the season from a character and powers perspective, she didn't really have a lot going on. And they've just really done a great job building her up till this episode. She can really stand tall. Yeah. And I'm going to go for Dusty. Dusty was best boy in this episode. <laughs> he he partied hard. He was truly the Spuds McKenzie of the show, and like Spuds wow. McKenzie, he is not. Oh, that's dead. so true, Alex. <laughs> well, anyway, I guess we could wrap up there. If you'd like to support this podcast and all the podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about the boys and Gen V. Apple, Spotify, Android, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter slash X, Comic Book Club Live on TikTok and Instagram, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. And uh, I hear it feeling, I hear it, I feel, oh, man. Ugh, I just can't do it. You, you know what? I know we usually wipe Pete at the end of every podcast, but I'm going to take a wipe <laughs> on this one too. Just because of this song, I'll take a wipe. <laughs> <laughs>